Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Welcome, everyone, to the First Things First podcast. Uh, each week on our podcast, we have amazing and interesting people, fascinating people who uh, who just come in and tell and tell uh, the story of their life and about what God is doing in their lives. But my favorite thing about the podcast is that all these amazing and interesting people that we get to meet each week, they are also probably your neighbors, right? They may they might sit next to you at church, and so that's what I think is the most beautiful thing about it. This week is. No exception. My friend Linda Rhodes is joining us on the podcast. Linda, thank you for being here with us this morning. Um, Linda and her husband uh, are fairly recent transplants to shallow water, so they uh, they they haven't been living here for a super long time. Uh, maybe a year and a half, two years. They're pretty close to when I came here as pastors, as pastor. And so they've been living here for a couple of years and have been and been plugged into our church. Um, and, and have been serving here. And, uh, and so we're grateful, grateful to have them. But, uh, but Linda, why don't you, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? What do you, what do you folks need to know about you? Okay. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me today, Brad. I really appreciate it. Oh, man, it's a pleasure. And, um, we are new transplants to shallow water, but we're really not mm-hmm. because we grew up here Yeah, yeah. and moved, I moved away uh, when I was 18 and uh-huh. came back when I was, mm, I won't say, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so uh, I feel like I'm back home, even yeah. though I'm also new. Yeah, right. it's kind of a kind of a weird feeling in a way. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, Danny and I have been married for 17 years. OK. And awesome. this is a second marriage for both the, both of us. And I'll talk about that a little yeah. bit in a minute. Yeah. Um, between us, we have uh, three children, a daughter and two sons awesome. and daughters-in-law and son-in-law and 11 grandchildren yeah. and uh, some some grandchildren, spouses and five great-grandchildren. Whoa. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. We are, <laughs> we are um, excited about that. You know, our family is, is uh, everything to us and yeah. uh, we're, we're both retired. I'm a retired banker and... Um, that's that's really it. You yeah. know, we're, we we love being here. Uh, it's taken. I'll be, I'll be honest. Um, moving and leaving a place you've lived for forty, fifty years. Wow. Yeah. At my age, is kind of hard. Yeah. It's, it's almost kind of like doing it when you're a teenager. Yes. You know, because you're leaving all your friends that right. you've had for years. Yeah. Decades. And starting over. Mm-hmm. But it's also good, yeah. and uh, we've been uh, welcomed and accepted, and uh, I've now got lots of friends here, so yeah. that's an exciting thing. Well, I certainly, you know, I certainly have seen the hand of God in all of it. You know, uh, it's it's been uh, it's been really wonderful for me to watch you guys kind of just roll up your sleeves and get involved and. Um, and watch how God has connected you in uh, community and uh, all these different places in our church, and uh, and so that it's been cool for me to watch. So uh, and since we kind of moved here at the same time, you know, it's kind of right. it's kind of been neat too to watch you know somebody else who uh, who you know who's kind of going through some of the same things we are. We're trying to you know make a new home and and kind of settle our lives in a new place, and and it's been good to see God just 
work, you know, and all these different ways to do that in both of our lives. So that's absolutely, yeah, that's been really good. So, um, so yeah, so every, every time we have somebody on the podcast, we, I love to hear people's stories and I joke all the time because I would be doing this whether we had microphones in front of us or not. Like I just love to listen to people's life story and, and, uh, and find out kind of where they came from and everything that happened in their lives. But, um, but I'd, I'd love for you to just start by uh, talking about how you came to faith in Christ. Because, um, you know, we understand, right, that everything in our lives and in our eternity even hinges on that decision. So when we get together and we get to tell our story, like that's the, the foundational piece of, of, of our story. And so, so why don't you talk about that? How, how, uh, how did that happen for you? Who were some people that were important, you know, in that part of your life? Well, what did that look like for you? Okay. Um, we, I grew up in Chalawater, as I yeah. said, and um, the first six years of my life, I was an only child. Oh, okay. So that was kind of fun in a way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we had our, and, and, and we were really happy, and um, we lived next door to my grandparents, and even though they had uh, other grandchildren, nobody else lived next door to them. Right. So I was kind of, you know, kind of the one. Yeah, the favored and grandchild. Really kind yeah. of spoiled. I hate to admit that, but it's probably true. Um, and then six and eight years later, I had uh, two brothers. Uh-huh. And then 15 years later, a third brother. Wow. So I'm the oldest of, way older, yeah. but the oldest of, of four. Uh-huh. Um, the first, as I said, the first few years were, were really good. I remember... Um, Going to church, you know, we we went to church right here in Chalowater. I grew up in the Methodist church here, yeah, and um, went to Sunday school and all that, all those kinds of things. But my dad was an alcoholic, mm. and uh, it 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 didn't start it didn't start really until I was probably about six or so. And so, right um, around the time that your first brother was born, right, okay. exactly, and um, he, you know, he he just turned to alcohol and. He was a good man. He loved us. He provided for us. We always had a place to live, always had food to eat, and always had clothes to wear. Right. We didn't have much else. You know, yeah, we didn't right. have. I'm not. You know, when I think about it, when I look when I look back on that, I realize we we're very blessed because it could have been way worse. Right. But at the time, it felt pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm know, sure. to a to a little kid. Yeah. But I'm saying all that to say that we didn't go to church all the time, uh-huh. and as as I got a little older, we really went less and less. Right. But when I got old enough, um, I started going by myself. Yeah. And so in junior high and high school, you know, I spent a lot of time at that Methodist church yeah, right over there, right down the road. Right, and went to Sunday school and church, and got involved in youth group. Yeah. And honestly, even though I believed in God, I uh, trusted God, at least to a degree, Uh um, I really didn't realize the fullness of that until I was about 15. Yeah. And at a youth revival Uh at that little church over there. Yeah. um, And I have to say, I was a very, uh, I was, I was a smart kid. I made good grades. I knew the answers to the questions, but I hid behind the kid in front of me. I did not want people to, I did not want to be in the limelight. I didn't want to draw attention to myself. So the reason I'm saying that is the Holy Spirit that night just 
pushed me to yeah. the altar. Right. You know, because my personality would have been, oh no, I, I can't I can't walk up there in front of all those people. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit did because I just you know, that's when it happened. Right. I just that was it. Yeah. And um so I, I, you know, gave my life to Jesus that night, and um, and of course in the Methodist Church you're sprinkled. And yeah. So I, I was sprinkled. <laughs> There's a funny story about that later when I became a Baptist. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I got a joke about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we could we could make yeah, stories yeah, yeah. here, but anyway. Um, so after that, I, you know, I want to. I would love to say that my life totally changed. Sure. But it. But it didn't. Yeah. You know, I I, I felt differently to some degree, uh-huh. and I was more at peace. Yeah, right. But I really didn't change yet. You know, it took a while for my heart to actually be changed to the point that it should have been. Well, and the circumstances of your life, Linda, hadn't, hadn't dramatically changed. changed either, right? You still had no. a father who was an alcoholic. Right. You still had the hurt and the baggage that was going on in your... So you, you accept Christ, that, but you come home right to that same situation. We There was a, a, a previous podcast uh, where I spoke with uh, this amazing uh, young lady, Erica Bright, but she was a victim of uh, of abuse in her home. Oh. And uh, and she accepted Christ like at, at seven years old, you know, and there was a mark like she knew that that was a real commitment that she had made and that and there, there this faith was there. She had surrendered her heart and life to Christ. But but she came back to all the same problems like like, you know, uh, and, and it took years for God to work all of that out in her life, you know, but. Uh, but anyway, a lot of us, you know, we think maybe faith in Christ is just going to make everything change or go away or the things that we struggle with will magically disappear. That's just, that's not how it works. The Lord works those things out over the course of our lives. And absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I had a wonderful mother. Um, my mother, well, I'll just say that I am who I am today in big part because of my mother. Yeah, wow. She was a godly woman. She loved her family. She loved God. Uh-huh. Uh, she read the Bible. She told us Bible stories. You yeah. know, she did all of those things. Uh, I, I, I hate to say that I had um, not a lot of, I guess, respect for her at one point in time because I saw my dad <clears throat> treating her badly. Yes. We, we were never physically abused. Right. It was more verbal and emotional abuse. Right. And as I said, we had we had what we needed, yes. you know. But um, but I saw him treat her badly and treat her like a servant. Mm. And so I grew up saying, okay, I am not going to be like that. No I am doing that to not going to let a man control my life. Right, right. And that colored the um, my early. Uh, my my late teenagehood and my early adulthood greatly. You know, it took me several years to figure out that my mother was an amazing woman and an extremely strong woman and did what she did for her family. Right. And and took the abuse that she took for her family. family. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, man, what a, what a profound realization to come to, you know, that, yeah, I get that. I can't imagine um, my my mom experienced abuse, you know, uh, at the hands of uh, of uh, her second husband, and 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 I, I witnessed, you know, a lot of that, and um, yeah, and I, you know, the 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 strength that 
that she demonstrated in those moments was, you know, looking back on it, I'm really moved by it, you know, and, and stay, stood in the gap for a family. So I, I get what you're saying. I, I want to say this too, and I think this is important to say, but um, I'm so grateful for the legacy of faith that First United Methodist Church in Shallowwater has given. Yes. I just want to say that, like, I, I meet a lot of people who grew up in that church and came to faith in Christ in that church, and I'm so grateful for the steadfast ministry of that church over, over just decades and decades and decades, and and uh, and so, and you're just another example of of some of the good things that God has done, you know, in that church. So it's wonderful to be in the same town with them and a partner with them in ministry in so many ways. I'm grateful for them. Well, I am too, and and of course I really am because I grew up there. Yeah. But you know, back then, Shallow Water was really small, really yeah. small, and uh, there were you know there weren't that many youth, and so we we kind of floated from church to church to yeah. church for youth groups. So <laughs> yeah. we were all so we had enough people. So one Sunday night we got here, yeah, and another Sunday night Methodist, and another Sunday night Church of Christ. I right. mean, we did that a lot. Yeah, we didn't do it. Always, but we did that a lot. So yeah. we, the three churches, and I don't mean to leave the Catholic Church out, right. but, but, you know, the three Protestant churches, Yes, we were kind of one in many ways yeah. because we were so small Yeah, and we supported each other and yeah. we loved on each other. And that legacy is still here today. Oh yeah. They, you know, that's, I think one of the beautiful things about living in a little community like Shallow Water is that there is this kind of sense of unity and uh, and this this kind of sense that we're all in this together, and 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 things that normally would divide, you know, uh, and do divide uh, a lot of communities, a lot of people uh, in a, in a community like this. Some, sometimes they don't; they're just not divisive, and uh, and I think that's beautiful and and good. And, and anyway, so I th- that's good that we get to talk about that. You know, yeah. it really is that the 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 legacy of faith that 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 God has built in in that church is a beautiful thing, and. Yes, um, it is, and it's and it's good to acknowledge that, you know. It's really Amen. Good. So, so you, you know, you you accepted Christ, but but clearly there's still there are still wounds, there's still baggage in your life that you're kind of working your way through as you enter into early adulthood. So, so what did that look like? How how was God working on you and developing you? How did He stretch and grow you during those seasons? I went to after I graduated from high school. I went to Tech and I met my first husband okay, at Tech. At tech. Now, this was back in 66, 65, 66. Right. Vietnam was going strong. Right. And he was from Oklahoma and was down in Lubbock living with his sister going to tech, flunking out of tech. Oh, no. And was being drafted. So he joined the Navy. Yeah. Th- so that's a maybe some of our younger l- listeners won't understand, the, won't understand that. If, if you were in college, then you had like an exemption from being drafted. But if you were over 18 and you weren't enrolled in college, then you could be drafted. And so when a person failed out of college, like it was a, that was a huge deal. Absolutely. So, so, so he knew he was going to get drafted. So he joined the Navy. Right. Okay. So, and we had fallen in love. And so we decided to get married before Uh he went to boot camp. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of in a rush. Sounds kind of in a rush. Yeah. Uh, And, and really we, we said it was because, and it was, but we said it was because of the situation with Vietnam and him going into the Navy. We really didn't know what the future held at all. Yeah, when you would get to see each other, if you would get... Yeah. Exactly. So we got married. When I look back on that, 
I think that in part, I also got married because I wanted to get away from home. Yeah. And it took me a long time to admit that to myself. But mm. I mean, I loved him and I wanted to get married. It, sure. But, but I think I would have been a little more hesitant yeah. to do that that quickly had it not been for just wanting to get away from home. Right. But we got married and then we spent the f- next four years in the Navy. Yeah. Uh, he went to Vietnam twice and I ended up in uh, California. Okay. Pretty much by myself. Yeah. So here I am, a 19, 20 year old from shallow water <laughs> who has never been out of anywhere. <laughs> And I'm in California by myself. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but God was working. Now, I still hadn't, you know, we, we hadn't gone to church in a long time because yeah. we were moving around sure. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. We were both believers. Uh-huh. He was a believer also, but we just didn't, I guess we didn't take the time to try to find a church in the different places that we were, right. you know. And But God was working. Um he, one of the things that, that happened that when I look back on it, I see it was God really working. And that was for a job for me. Yeah. Uh, I was a Navy wife and yeah. nobody would hire Navy wives. Oh, really? Back then. And so my sister-in-law said, if you'll go to a bank and apply to bank and if you, they'll hire you, you'll have a job for the rest of your life. Okay. Yeah. And so I went to a big bank in downtown LA. Yeah. <laughs> and they hired me immediately. Wow. And that was the beginning of my banking career. Uh-huh. And I ended up being uh, uh, in banking for between 45 and 50 years. And wow. I worked my way up from starting in bookkeeping at that bank yeah. to being a branch president at my last job right. before I retired. Yeah. Uh, so she was right. Yeah. But God worked that out yeah. because I would have never thought about working downtown yeah, Los Angeles, you yeah. know, and all that. The people were great. They took me under their wing. That is where I learned how to not be prejudiced. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Because you're dealing I was, with all different kinds yes, of Yes, it was a very diverse group. I was actually in the minority. Yeah. They were wonderful to me. They they gave me, uh, they, they taught me many things. And that was God working. Right. You know. Yeah. And when I left there, uh, one of the bosses called ahead to the next place we were going, which was Corpus Christi. And I got a job there. Yeah. He referred me. You know, and that happened many times. So I'm just saying God started working in my life big then and yeah. I didn't even recognize it at the time yeah you know I just thought it was just happening mm-hmm. um after the navy we went back came moved back to Lubbock yeah. and went back to tech uh-huh. and I worked while he got his degree yeah. he was supposed to then let me get my degree but that never really happened it never but, work out. <laughs> yeah but um then we, he got his, he was a band director and he got his first band directing job in Cleburne, Texas. And that's okay. when we moved to the Dallas area. Yeah. And lived in that area for until two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we were married almost 10 years before we could get pregnant. Wow. And this is, this is the first big miracle in my life. Yeah. And this is when I first started really realizing what God was doing in my life. Yeah. I prayed and prayed and prayed. We did all the things for so many years. Couldn't right. get pregnant. 
we decided to be foster parents and that we did that for a little while and that was another story for another time and um, then we decided to adopt uh-huh. we applied for adoption and were approved okay and that was in the early 70s and babies were very scarce then yeah so you might be approved but then you might wait three or four years to get the baby i mean it was right. it was like that yeah but at least we had gotten to that point yes. you know yeah and we had been given a shower and and everything and we're just waiting for the call when i got sick and I thought I had the flu. But after about six weeks, I thought, well, it might not be the flu. So I went to the doctor, and I was pregnant. Oh, wow. I mean, it was a miracle. The doctor had said I would never get pregnant. Wow. So there was my first really big sure. miracle that I could say, God answered my prayers. Right. I mean, flat out. And it took a long time, but it was in his timing. He answered my prayers. Yeah. And we had this beautiful, uh, wonderful baby girl. Yeah. Um, we had to stop the adoption. Right. We wouldn't. We would have gone right ahead with the adoption, uh-huh. but they didn't allow it. Babies were so scarce. If right. you got pregnant, you couldn't adopt. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of you know we we didn't like that, but we were so excited sure. about being pregnant that it was okay. Yeah. And then by the time we realized that we weren't going to get pregnant again, it was too late to adopt because then the age was 35. You couldn't wow. adopt after 35. Wow. So that's why we ended up with, with you know, at that time, one child. Uh-huh. And I'll kind of bump ahead and then come back. But, you know, I always prayed. I had always wanted a big family. Yeah. I had always wanted more kids. And, and 40 years later... Right. God provided that when when he put Danny in my life. Yes, right. I mean, you know, yeah. and at that point, I recognized that. Yes. I might not have recognized it, you know, back here when uh-huh. I was in my 20s, but I recognized it then. Yeah. But then we went on. Uh, we, we had her. We were happy for a while. And then my husband also grew up with an alcoholic father. In fact, mm. really didn't. He grew up without a father. His mother divorced his dad when he was five. Yeah. He was one of six kids, and she raised those kids on welfare and food stamps. And, wow. And I have to give her kudos yeah. for doing what she did, but it really affected those kids, and yeah. it particularly affected—he was the next to the youngest, and so it really affected him. He had grown up with this welfare mentality, yeah. and he had also grown up not thinking he was good enough to be successful. Yes. So yeah. every time he became successful, he he did something to ruin that. Right. And he uh, he had a very addictive personality, and so he started drinking, mm. and then he became addicted to gambling. Wow. And um, so we had some really really tough times in our marriage and yeah, especially I, for you i mean you grew up with that right and so and so then you're you just find yourself in the same situation like really you know i, that's I did awful in yeah. fact i sat him down one day and i said i grew up with an alcoholic my daughter is not growing up the same way i did so you have a choice yeah stop drinking or leave right and he never took another drink. Now he continued the gambling and the other things, but he yeah. did. He did stop drinking yeah. when I when I. But I couldn't. I couldn't put my daughter through that. Right. But I'll be honest. I wanted to walk away. Yeah. I was unhappy. Um, 
he told me at one point in time that he not to not to depend on him for anything that he was barely making it day to day and I was on my own. Right. And so I was the sole support of our family. Yeah. And trying to raise our daughter and by this time praise God I was in a church and I was involved in that church. Right. And again God did that. You know, he got me in. I you know, he knew I was going to need that. Yes. And he got me into that and there were two friends at that church who he put in my life, I know, to mentor me and advise me and counsel me to not walk away from my marriage. Right. To look at myself. What, what, what's wrong with me, not what's wrong with him. Sure. You know, what yeah. can I do to, to improve myself? How, right. can, how can I make it better? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, so because of God and because of them, I did not walk away. Mm. And I was so grateful in so many ways for that because, and this is kind of the next step, I guess, in in my story, is that um, after many years of that, many years of, of not being happy, many years of having all kinds of financial issues and all kinds of things because of our relationship and because he wasn't working and that kind of thing. Um, The last two years of his life, God just worked a miracle in his life. Mm. And he became the man I married. Right. He, He came back. Yeah. And we had a really good last two years our daughter got married yeah we were able to have a wonderful wedding and be happy and all of those things yeah and then in 2002 and in march of 2002 he got sick and was diagnosed with lung cancer Mm. and died six weeks later wow six weeks six weeks and um god just you know First of all, God kept me from leaving that marriage. Right. Literally. Yeah. And praise God that he did, because then I was there to see him come back, to spend good time with him, and then to be there for him yeah. when he when he yeah. was dying. I mean, you know. Yeah, right. And you get to you get to see this like redemptive thing. Like, you know, you, this thing that you've been praying for, like God answered that prayer, and you got to see that. And you wouldn't have seen it if you hadn't been able to stay, faith, you know, if you hadn't remained, you know? Absolutely, so, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, God, two things he did, he, he made happen that kind of helped strengthen me and, and make me ready to do what I needed to do for Dean was he, he I'd been, been wanting to go on a walk to Emmaus for a long time, right, yeah. and it just never would work out. I know. Me too. And, <laughs> One day I'm going to go. Yeah. Oh, you do have to go. <laughs> no, I know, yes. I know. Well, the August before the next March, that happened. Oh, good. Yeah. And I got to go on that walk to Emmaus. Right. And then there was a, a Bible study that year, a nine-month Bible study called Companions in Christ. Uh-huh. And it was going to be very deep and very demanding. And I was very busy. My daughter was getting married. We were planning a wedding. I had a high distress job, you know, all those things. But God just, he, he said, you're going to do this class. Right. And I, and I did. Yeah. And I believe those two things helped strengthen me to be able to do what I needed to do when this happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
And then during that six weeks, there were so many, so many miracles, so many, I call them God winks, Uh so many things that God did, even though Dean was dying. Sure. He still provided miracles. He still, he provided people. He he provided um, just different experiences that helped both of us uh-huh. through that time. Yeah. So we spent almost the entire time. He died in the hospital, so he never got to come home. Wow. And so we spent hours and hours and hours talking and praying and reading scripture and talking about his life and the impact his life had made. He was a band director. He made an impact on many, many, many children, right. many kids. Yeah. And And really helping him to come to grips with what was happening. Yeah. And um, the night he died was like a touch by an angel show. Yeah. If you ever uh-huh. oh, yeah, watched that, that show. show. Yeah. And it truly was. He It was the night before our 36th wedding anniversary. Wow. And he went into distress in the afternoon, and I called our friends and family to come and so he was surrounded that night by friends and family, and we sang hymns, and we prayed, and we read scripture, and we talked, mm. and his respiratory therapist came in. He was the last patient for him that night. Yeah. His O2 was 32. Wow. And he was still talking to us. <laughs> what a miracle. That's a miracle. What a miracle. Yeah. And Henry, the the therapist, checked out and came back and stayed with us that night until he died. Man. What a miracle! Yeah. And the sometime during that time, he whispered something to Henry, and I didn't didn't know what it was. It didn't really matter, you know. And yeah. you're focused he, on right, that focused yeah. on him, and about. I don't know, maybe uh, maybe two seconds before he took his last breath, he said, do you hear that? I said, what do you hear? I hear bells. Mm. I hear bells. And he took his last breath. And it was almost like you could see the angel leading him out of that room. Right, yeah. It was, it was the most wonderful, beautiful, terrible time of my right. life. Yeah. yeah. The next day... On our anniversary, there were 36 red roses delivered to me. Mm. Henry had done that because he had asked him to do that. For your anniversary. There's another miracle. Yeah. That's so so beautiful. God gave us so many miracles. You know, we prayed for healing. Right. And we got healing. Yes. We didn't get the healing we thought we wanted, Uh but we got healing because he's healed in heaven. And your relationship was healed, was in, the healed story. in the story. Yes. Your, your last memory of your husband is that he bought you three dozen roses for your anniversary. That's absolutely. That's beautiful. Absolutely. And only God writes a story like that. Only God does that. Yeah. Only God does that. So I want to say a couple things. There's so much that you, so much of what you have shared that I, I kind of want to like circle back to. We can't do all of it, but. I do want to circle back to the fact that there, there, there is truth. You've said this over and over again. There's truth that sometimes we're not aware of the forces that are driving us to make decisions. 
And sometimes those are like unhealthy things in our lives that are driving us to make decisions and we're not even aware of it. And and so that's important for us to acknowledge and, and do self-reflection so, so that we kind of understand what is it that's driving our bus right now because a lot of times things are driving our bus that are destructive, harmful, and we, and we do things that, you know, uh, you've already talked about addiction, you know, but you've also talked about like just wanting to get out of your parents' house and you make a decision to get married at that stage of your life because, you know, a part of it was that. Right? We put other things in the driver's seat of the bus and, and, uh, and sometimes those aren't great. Uh, at the same time, a lot of times the Holy Spirit is working in our lives in these profound ways that we don't see. So I just want to encourage any, you know, the, anyone who's listening right now, um, I think Linda's story is really powerful you know, I believe that there's going to be a day where no matter what it is you're struggling through right now, like there is going to be a day where you're going to be able to look back on your circumstances and see that the hand of God was moving. You know, for those of us who've trusted our lives to him, right, we're, there will be a day when we look back and we can see how, how God was working and how God was moving in our lives. And both of us could tell story after story about that. So, oh, yeah. I could talk all day about yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah, because we've seen that, right? And, right. And, and you will you will see that too. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is good. And he proves it He proves it over time. So um, so I, I do, you know, I do want to say that. I think that's really important. But something else that I want to say, and, you know, this is emotional for me too, cause, because, you know, um, you know, there was a period in, in, in my life, in my in my life with my wife, with Amy, where, you know, where, man, I was just a wreck. I, mean, I was just, um, gosh, you know, I don't want to, it would take forever to kind of unpack that, but I was really just off the rails. I, I was burned out. I was struggling. I was, uh, you know, I didn't know which end was up. Lost, you know, as a goose in a snowstorm, yeah. you know, and... Uh, and my wife, in that moment, you know, she made a decision. And, and the way she describes it is she believes that the Lord revealed to her that, you know, that that the enemy was trying to destroy me. And she, as my wife, it was her responsibility to stand in between me and him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And, uh, and you know, and, and help me to be restored, you know, and she did that, you know, she did. And I'm so grateful for that. And that's your story a little bit too. That's what the Lord called you to do. All of these doubts that your husband had about himself, all these wounds that he'd received over the course of his whole life, right? Led him to all of these destructive things. But, but you stood in the gap for him. You, you understood that as his wife, that, that you were called to, you know, to 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 be there for him and to resist the the these attempts by the enemy to destroy him and you did it and God allowed you to see the fruit of that you know in the last days of his he life. did he did yeah. it, it was I, there there are hardly any words to yeah. to describe that feeling yeah. you know and and how grateful I am to God every day how grateful how all glory to God I mean yeah, just right. Plain and simple, all glory to God. Everything in my life is all glory to God. Right. I don't, you know. <laughs> but here's now. But here's the thing, though, because because there's someone listening to this right now, who, um, maybe this is dawning on you for the first time that that this is why God puts us together in marriage. We have this re, we have this beautiful, amazing 
responsibility, right, and privilege to deliver our spouse wholly to the Lord. And, and, and so there's someone right now who you are watching your spouse unravel, and there's a temptation yes. to walk away, right? Uh, but God is calling you right now um, to, 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 instead of running away, to take up arms and to run into the fight on behalf of your spouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, praise God, he will, he's going to empower you to do that. And, uh, uh, but, but, it, but that's, that's where you're, that's what God is telling you to do right now. And I just want to say that now, look, you know, not, you know, uh, if a, a person's experiencing abuse, if you're unsafe, if they're, you know what I mean? We're not, we're not talking about situations like that, but we are talking about in, in your marriage, there will be times where you're just, you are just going to have to wage war on behalf of your spouse That's right. against the powers and the forces of darkness. And, um, and we don't we don't shirk that responsibility. We don't run away from that fight. And and someone someone who's listening to this needs to hear that. That's good. Yeah. You are so right. You are so right. And and again, as you said, you know, you, you don't want anybody to to go through abuse. Right. That's a whole different no. thing. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, stand in the gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darkness. That. Darkness cannot win. We can't That's right. allow the darkness to win, the evil to win in, in the lives of And I was blessed enough to, that, that God let me have that glimpse, let me see right. that. Yeah, that's just awesome. Uh, that's really good. So uh, and thank you for sharing that. That's very encouraging. So, uh, so okay, so talk about meeting your, meeting your husband now. Like, okay. God, take oh. this whole story of... Of grief and loss, right? And then God turns that into another beautiful oh, thing. another beautiful thing. Um, at the end of that year, that was in 2002, he uh-huh. died in April. And in December, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. Yeah. And um, so I went through pretty aggressive chemo and, and radiation. It was such that surgery was a last resort, not a first. Right. And so I went through aggressive chemo and radiation and, um, praise God, he healed me on earth. Right. You know, and yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people would ask me, why did God heal you and not Dean? Right. And I would say, because I totally believe this, uh-huh. God did heal Dean. He did. He healed him in heaven. And he actually healed him on earth before he healed him in heaven. He healed his his spirit on earth. He healed what really mattered. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, what, and, how he was really sick. And that's Lord what healed. I was, you know, that's what I try to tell people. Yeah. I, I don't know why God physically healed me here and him in heaven, right. but he did. Yeah. And he actually healed him on earth too. Yeah. Praise God. And so, you know, after that, after I, I uh, was cancer-free, then um, I facilitated a widow's grief support group for yeah. about, at my church for about three years. We were a very small church. I was still a Methodist at the time. Yeah. And we had, all, all of a sudden, we had four or five new widows within a year. Wow. And so we decided we needed something. Yeah. And so we, we did that. And, and I, um, I really didn't want to facilitate it, but God pretty much told me that's what I needed to do. Right. And it was a wonderful time. You know, we, we had about 30 widows and, um, that group is still going today, by the way. That's awesome. Uh, we called ourselves the widows of hope. Yeah. And that was as healing for me as it was 
for them. Yeah. You know, it, we, we healed each, we helped heal each other. God used us yes. to help heal each other. Mm-hmm. And I had no plan to remarry. Yeah. None. I didn't want the dating scene. I didn't, <laughs> you know, I had no plan for any, I'd been married 36 years. I didn't want to do that. Right. I, didn't, I didn't want to go through all that stuff. Yeah, right. And I had a good job at that point in time. My mom lived with me. My daughter was married. I mean, you know, I was fine. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. And Danny was still here in Shallow Water. Uh-huh. Now we grew up together. Yeah. We started school together. We graduated together. And we were the first people we ever dated. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He broke up with me to start dating the girl he ended up marrying. Okay. Yeah. And I never let him forget that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even today, I yeah. still gig him about that. Yeah. But so they were married 38 years mm. when he found out that she had been having a 15 year affair. Oh, gosh. And even at that point, he tried to save the marriage. He right. believed in, yeah. you know, in saving the marriage. Right. And and so he he tried to save the marriage, but she wanted a divorce. Yeah. And so they ended up divorcing after 38 years. And he was the same as I was, was never going to get married again, right. didn't want to do that, you know, yeah. the, didn't want any of that. We had a 40-year class reunion, uh-huh. and I didn't go because I had a bank obligation in right. Dallas, and it was here in Shallow Water. He wasn't going to go. This is another really God wink, okay? Yeah. He didn't want to go because he was by himself, and, you know, he had been divorced for about close to two years, but still it was fresh, fresh. and all that. And, and it was, I mean, she was a graduate she too. Was a, like yeah, everybody yeah, knew. Exactly. Everybody knew everybody and all yeah. that. So he did not want to go. And so he, but, but something just kept going. You need to go to this reunion. Yeah. You need to go. You yeah. need to go. No, I, I'm not going to go. Yes, you need to go. And he finally realized it was God telling him right. that. And so he said, I finally said, okay, God, I'm going to go. I don't know why you want me to go, but. I'm going to go. Yeah. That's when he found out I was a widow. Uh-huh. And he got my phone number from a mutual classmate. Yeah. And called me. Yeah. On a Sunday night on my landline, uh-huh. which I do not answer. Right. <laughs> and for whatever reason, we know the reason. Yes, right. I answered that. Yeah. And he said, this is Danny Rhodes. I hadn't seen him in 25 years and honestly hadn't really thought about him right in yeah. 25 years no i'm sure yet at the last class reunion i had gone to you know yeah. and yet it was the most natural thing yeah because god worked it out yeah we talked that night for hours we talked every night for the next two weeks wow. for hours yeah and in October, that was in September. In October, I had a bank holiday, and I thought, I'm going to Lubbock on this three-day weekend just to see what this friendship, because we were becoming good friends. Yeah. Again. Yeah. You know, and, and so I came to Lubbock for that weekend and met his uh, son who lives here and uh, grandkids and, of course, spent some time with his mom, who sure. I knew. Yeah, right. And by the end of that weekend, we knew we were getting married. Wow. Because God, yeah. that was God's plan. Right. I mean, there was no doubt in our minds that was God's plan. Yeah. 
we were never going to get married. We were never going to date. We, you know, and yeah. God worked that out to where we, he put us together. Right. And we fully believe that. Yeah. And so this was in October. Uh-huh. So we got married in January of the next year because right. at our age, why wait? Why wait? Yeah. We, we knew, I mean, yeah. we knew, yeah. we knew what we knew and we knew God. And, you know, one of the things that was so important to both of us, which I think it's important for everybody to hear, right? is especially, well, it's important for a first marriage, but if you've made that mistake in a first marriage, then it's really important in a second marriage that you are both believers, that you are equally yoked, uh-huh. that you have the same values, right, right. you have the same beliefs, mm-hmm. and that God is is number one in both your lives. Yeah. yeah. And so that was our, you know, we, we talked about that before we made that decision. That was part of our agreement, part of our discussion was that yeah. we both felt that way. Yeah. That, and you know, God was first and our families, well, we were going to become second, you right. know, but, but, but then our families were right there. Which is so important, right? Because, you know, you, you know, when you're, you're, these are, these are bonus kids. Right. Know? So, uh, so it's really important for you that you, I've got to care. I'm responsible. I got to care for my daughter and her heart and, and, and his, his sons, right? He had two sons. So, so I got to, he's got to care for them. And so if, if you guys are going to be together, if God's going to join you together, then, then you're going to have some kind of role or ministry that, to play in the lives of these other kids. Too, Absolutely. You know? and, and that's another thing that we agreed on before yeah. we got married. That it would not be his kids and our and my kids. Right. It they're our kids. Yeah. And today, when people ask me, "Well, how's Danny's son?" Well, my son is great. You right. know, or, yes. or whatever it may be, they're our kids. Yeah. They're our grandkids. Yeah. They're yeah. our great grandkids. There's no his and mine and right. all that right. kind right. of stuff. But we agreed upon that at the very beginning yeah. because that was very important. And we had a church wedding. Yeah. Because he had gotten married in front of the Justice of the Peace the first time. Yeah. And I had gotten married in the little chapel at the Methodist Church. Right. With just a couple of witnesses. A couple of witnesses, basically. (laughs) You know, it was in the church, but it wasn't really a wedding. Right. And so we, I said, we're going to have a church wedding. Yeah. So we, um, we had all of our children. And spouses and grandchildren were our wedding party. Yeah, if you look awesome. at our wedding picture, there's all these people up there, <laughs> all different ages. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, the people who came to our wedding were family, uh-huh. some of his friends from, you know, from, from here. his life, yeah. and my friends from my life, and then people from church, coworkers classmates from when we graduated 40 years prior you know (laughs) it was just a a, a, such a diverse group of people who loved us yeah and who we loved yeah you know and it was the again it was just an amazingly beautiful time and God orchestrated all of that yeah yeah orchestrated all of that and you know after that um because we we did that. I mean, because we we agreed that it was going to be our family, yeah, and we were going to be together with God at the center, no matter what. 
um, my mom lived with us, and um, since that time, you know, we've had a lot of of um, trials. We've had a lot of things happen, a lot of storms. Yeah. Uh, he had a heart attack, and then his mom got sick and died. Mm. And then I had, I was diagnosed with Crohn's right. and lymphedema, which both of those are results of the radiation from, right. you know, the radiation, God used the radiation to save my life, but then that created other, other things issues. that you just have to deal with, right. you know. And so I had emergency, I had a perforated intestine in uh, January of 15 mm-hmm. and almost died. Yeah. And then had another um blockage in uh november of the same year and then um my mom got sick in 2017 with dementia Mm. and uh she died in february of 19 so we were her danny and i were her caregivers during that time and he i always say he he is God's gift to me. I mean, I have many gifts from God, but he is truly one of the big gifts from God to me. He's a good man. He's a good man. Not only did he take care, I mean, you know, he took on somebody with all these illnesses and all these things. Yeah. And my mom, and he was, he was as good or better caregiver than I was. Right. And I've always said, if she had to choose, she would have chosen him. (laughs) (laughs) But he's, he's, he's a good man. He's, well, just, the, he's a good man. And the Lord did that, right? So God brought Danny into your life at this time when he knew, you had no idea, but he knew you, were gonna, you, you, were, you weren't going to be able to go through all of that on your own. Right. And so he brings Danny, the perfect person, to walk with you through all of that stuff. Absolutely. Blesses you with grandkids and family and all these other things you'd always wanted. Right. You know? Right. And 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 it was and is faithful to you even in all that. Season. Absolutely, and and you know he also, I mean, he, he also did that for Danny because Danny needed healing from that divorce, right? Yeah, and his family needed healing oh, from I that divorce, imagine. and so you know God just brought us together because he knew what was going to happen and he knew what had happened, yeah, and he knew we all needed healing and we needed each other, yeah, and he did that. And he can do that. If he can do that for me, he can do that for you, and he can do that for anyone. It may not be in the same way. Sure. It may not be in the time you want it to be. Right. But it's in the right time. It's in his time. And he will do it. There's a book. Max Licato is one of my favorite authors, and it's an old book. He he still moves stones, mm, yeah. and he does. he does. And I use that that I use that phrase a lot. God still moves stones today. Yeah. He performs miracles today, every day. We have to be open to recognize them. Yeah. So we'll, I'll put a link to uh, the book in the in the in the description of this episode. So if you, if you like to pick that book, it's a fantastic oh, it's book. A Max Lucado book. Oh. is, you know, I mean, he's amazing. So, so I would definitely recommend it. I'll put a, a link to that in there. So, um, man, thank you for sharing. And, and thank you for sharing that word. Like God is faithful to heal. I mean, I say this a lot, uh, to our folks, but, but I, I'm not really sure how much we always get our heads around it, but all of God's activity in the cosmos is focused on healing. It is 
it is his character to heal. Everything that he's doing is about restoring creation to right relationship with himself. And so healing is what he does. So you can trust God for healing. You absolutely. Can. Absolutely. And, and you know, um, I think one last thing that I want to yeah. want to say, because um, and some some of the people listening may know this and some may not, but I'm going into another surgery tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. And to be honest, I've had a little, ang- you know, the prior things I really didn't have anxiety about because they were emergencies and I just had to do it, right. you know. But this and and this is necessary, right. but it's not emergency. Right. There, there's a difference, and so I had a little bit of anxiety about it. Yeah. Not not like craziness or anything, but just a little bit of anxiety about it. But what has happened in the last two weeks with the things that have happened at this church, the worship service we had on Sunday morning, mm. the service we had on Sunday night, new friends. Re- remember I said we've only been here two years. Right. We've made such good friends in that period of time. I have people messaging me and texting me and calling me the last two or three days praying for me new friend my old friends are doing that too sure but new friends right here god is so good Mm. and he that you know he has he knew i was a little anxious he's provided all of this for me yeah to remove that anxiety yep yeah praise god and whatever happens tomorrow will be what he wants to happen and i'm good with that right i mean yeah. really yeah and that's you not, trust him that's not that that's what i'm going to say that's not to say oh i'm good right. no that's because god is good he's good and you know god it. is good he's proven it absolutely over and over and over, over and over so and over. so when you're facing something that feels you know scary and you're anxious about it right you can walk into that with confidence because you know who god is and you know that he's good and exactly so exactly man for those of you who are listening right now i just want to uh i, I just want to encourage you with that you know yeah, just encourage you with that. Go ahead. You, you got one oh, more. Oh no, issue. I just wanna, I just wanna uh, give my my. I have many favorite scriptures, but this right. is my all time go to. Yeah. Hope scripture. Yeah. Hope is my favorite word. Yeah. Okay. And it's Isaiah forty twenty eight thirty one. Uh-huh. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the Creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stubble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Hmm. That's my brother's favorite passage of scripture too. I love it. So uh, somebody, somebody listening to the podcast today is feeling, is feeling, uh, you're feeling weak, you're feeling tired, feeling like maybe you're about to faint. And what we would say uh, to you today is that we have experienced the Lord, the Lord of creation, the God of all creation, who bends low to, to give us strength and to, Amen. and to empower us and to. Uh, and to help us to to face out of his goodness, out of his mercy, to help us to walk through those things uh, that we're having to walk through. So, um, 
So if you if you if you want more information uh, uh, about our church, if we can minister to you in any way, there's a link in the description of this episode. There's also a link to a place where you can you can uh, send us a prayer request because maybe someone listening this is that's where you're living right now, and you just really need someone to reach out to you and pray for you. Uh, we want to do that. So click on the link and, and fill that out. And thank you once again for joining Linda and I. What a wonderful conversation, Linda. I appreciate you very much. Praying for you as you head out uh, for surgery. And and thanks for stopping in the day before. You know, you've got a doctor's appointment like an hour. And I, I thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you for asking me. And uh, as I said, it's it's all glory to God. And yeah. all I want to do, my yeah, I, I believe that God has given me um, he's given me, he's saved me yeah. several times, right? physically, uh-huh. as well as spiritually. spiritually yeah. And I believe his, one of his purposes for that is for me to be able to encourage others and tell others what he can do in their lives. Mm, that's and that's what I want to do. Yeah, that's truth. Well, thank you for doing it. And thank you guys uh, for listening and for joining us. Make sure you check back. Uh, with us next week, we'll have another amazing, interesting, fascinating person right here with us next time. But until then, we'll see you around town. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.